podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking us for advice. Usually it's about what teams to bet on. The truth is, we don't know who's going to win. But if you think you do, you should check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust us, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy. When you win, they pay. You can do in-game betting. They have the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar for up to 1000 bucks. If you use our promo code BOYS, that's BOYS, capital B-O-Y-S, visit MyBookie today. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Ooh, Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. Bosco's Boys Podcast. Back. It's, it's a new week, okay? Um, we're going to be positive this week, maybe. Eh, maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> Nothing really warrants any positivity at the moment, but we're back in our North Kansas City home, Center Block Brewery. Um, Beer of the Pod, I tried what you had last week, and it's uh, some sort of sour. It's a, uh, like uh, the Lucia peach. sour. It's an apricot sour. Uh, but it's but it's also like a farmhouse. So I don't know. I think it's really good. It was really good. I went. It's something that I've had. I can't remember if I've had it on air before, but I went with the Rivet Rye. Uh, you know, just solid beers, solid spot. I mean, this is our North Kansas City home. We have our you know my bookie studios in my parents' basement in Topeka. <laughs> and now we have our North Kansas City my bookie studio. Use promo code boys um, in North Kansas City, and you know I think we need to. Get something a little farther south, but that might that might be in the future. We'll get there. We'll um, get there. We'll move back south. It's a, you know we did almost everything from your place for the longest time, so it's good to get a little little bit closer to my house. Well, I have a feeling once my Tuesdays open up, we are going to move a little bit farther south. But yeah, because uh, we keep uh, recording these on Mondays. Um, you know, in the future, in when I say future, I mean probably right after we're done talking about beer of the pod, you're going to hear me. Uh, talk about K-State sports, and that will happen on Tuesday so I can get the Bill Snyder press conference in. But uh, We can hear the Bill Snyder insult of his player of the week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he doesn't call anyone super midget this week, but, uh, you know, who knows? Stay tuned for that. Well, stay tuned. Um, Scott's going to give you the roundup, all K-State news, and then we're going to jump to our primers with Jared from UTSA and our our friend of the pod, Gregory Hauser, is going to do the K-State Primer. Um, go ahead and follow, not follow, but thanks to Greg for making that K-State subreddit. It's r slash Wabash Cannonball. Go check that out. Get some more traffic going on over there. It's free. It's great. Um, we'll friend, be back after all that. I was just going to say our friends over at KSO are sharing some free info over on Wabash Station as well. So Yes, if you're not a KSO, place. You're not a KSO subscriber. Um, Which you should be. You definitely should be, but you can get... A decent chunk of their stuff over there on um, Reddit Wabash Cannonball. But um, I'll let Scott take it away and Jared and Greg, and we'll be back. 
Wildcat here, and we're going to do a quick wrap-up of what's been happening K-State sports since we last spoke. The Soccer Cats, led by Coach Mike Dabini, had a bit of a rough one, where after taking a 2-0 lead, they ended up losing 3-2 to the UMKC Kangaroos. They followed that up, though, with a 0-0 draw versus Big Ten opponent Indiana. Friday, they take on Missouri State at home. It's dollar hot dog night, so get out there and support the girls. But if you can't, it will be broadcast on kstahd.tv. After a break on Saturday, they will travel down to Tulsa to play the Golden Hurricanes. That's at 2 p.m., and after that, we get started with Big 12 play. The volleyball team improved to 8-1 after sweeping through the K-State Invitational. And as we're recording this, they're taking on the UMKC Kangaroo Volleyball Squad in KC Mo. After that, they will fly up to Minneapolis where, where they will play Green Bay on Friday. And then the number 7 ranked Gopher Women's Volleyball Team and the Gopher Fall Classic. They too will begin Big 12 play after that. The biggest news of the week, though, came after highly anticipated facility master plan by Gene Taylor was released. The highlights are a brand new volleyball-only arena, $85 million of renovations happening at Bramlage Coliseum, and a new outdoor and indoor practice facility for the football team. If you want to see more of that, head over to kstatesports.com where the whole plan is out there. Bill Snyder's weekly press conference occurred. Not too much came out of it, but there was some good news where he claimed Elijah Sullivan should be good to play this week after some injury scares. He also did, you know, give a little bit of remorse over not going for it in the third quarter on that pivotal fourth and four where we then punted the ball and Mississippi State marched down and scored a touchdown. From there, the game was out of hand. Not much else came from Bill Snyder Media outside of he did finally confirm Skylar Thompson will be the starter moving forward, but did preface it by saying if his play did lead him to, Delton could still see snaps. That's all we got, and now let's get into our team primers. Hey guys, my name is Jared Kalmus. I'm here to give you a little introduction to UTSA as they face Kansas State this week. Um, I am an assistant manager at Underdog Dynasty on the SB Nation platform. We cover a lot of the G5 conferences there. And I'm also the uh, co-host for the Alamo Dome Audible podcast, where we cover UTSA on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Patreon, etc., etc. So just a brief overview of how UTSA got to this point in the season. Uh, They really have a murderer's row of the uh, out-of-conference schedule for a G5 team. Uh, went on the road and faced Herm Edwards, Arizona State team, who's looking like they're going to be pretty solid this year after they upset Michigan State. Um, and then they faced Baylor, who is, you know, quickly rebuilding, and now they travel to Kansas State. So the team has looked good in stretches and very inexperienced and young. Um, and, you know, the talent mismatch doesn't help at all. So last week, UTSA looked much better against Baylor than they did against Arizona State. You could see the defense really settle in. Defensive line made some great plays, um, had Baylor kind of shook for a while. Uh, But ultimately, Baylor's talent level at wide receiver and the quarterback position really changed the the play of the game. You know, UTSA was in one touchdown until the fourth quarter, and then Baylor kind of separated themselves there. Um, So top strength and weakness of the team, I would say the top strength is the defensive line for UTSA. They did lose first-round draft pick Marcus Davenport. He's playing with the Saints now in the NFL. 
Uh, but past that, it's a very deep unit. I mean, the, the second string defensive line is nearly as strong as the first string. Um, so the very disruptive unit there. Biggest weakness for UTSA would probably be the secondary on defense. They have really, really struggled uh, defending against some of the really talented receivers they've seen this week um, and in the week previous to that. So that's one thing to look out for. Um, I know Kansas State's passing game hasn't been up to a great start yet, so that's something that could change as they face UTSA. I mean, UTSA doesn't have a lot of top talent in the secondary, um, so I think Kansas State could really take advantage of that weakness. A key player to watch on the offense would be running back B.J. Daniels. Um, he's a guy that UTSA fans have been very high on for a while. Didn't play much as a freshman, as was anticipated due to some fumble issues, uh, but he seems to have that resolved. He's now the starting running back. He beat out a five-year senior for the starting spot, and he's just a very forceful runner, very powerful. He's about six foot two, two 225 pounds, so really, really tough to bring down. Uh, he struggled in pass blocking a little bit, so that's one weakness in his game. But other than that, he's a very tough runner. Um, he's had several plays this year where he got met at the line of scrimmage and kind of dragged the pile forward for four or five yards, so keep an eye on him. Um, a key player on the defense would be Josiah Tauiefa. He is a middle linebacker for UTSA and was a freshman All-American his freshman year. Struggled a lot with injuries his sophomore year, but now he's looking really good as a junior. Um, he's a sideline to sideline linebacker, extremely um, instinctual, and you know he knows the game really well. He loves to blitz from his middle linebacker position. Uh, so Kansas State will need to be aware of where he's at on the field at all time and be ready to account for him and their pass blocking. I think the most important aspect of the game for UTSA, if they're going to be Kansas State, obviously creating turnovers. Anytime there's a P5 versus a G5 matchup, it has to happen. Uh, but past that, I think UTSA's passing game needs to take a big step forward. Um, Cordell Grundy's in his first season as a Division One starter. He's a JUCO transfer. And you've seen some promise with him, but he's the light has yet to come on, I would say. He had his first uh, touchdown pass last week. So looking to build on that, you know, if, if he can t throw two or three touchdown passes, I think UTSA will keep this game very competitive. And uh, UTSA's young freshman receivers are going to need to step up and show they can compete against some Power 5 talent. And uh, that's really it. I'm expecting a pretty solid game from UTSA. Wouldn't put Kansas State on upset alert just yet. But I do think it'll be a close matchup. I think the Roadrunners will hang tough against Kansas State. And we should have a, a good competitive ball game to enjoy on both sides. So again, this has been Jared Kalmus. You can follow me on Twitter at JaredUTSA. Uh, you can also follow my podcast at Alamo Audible. And be sure to check out underdogdynasty.com for all of my UTSA coverage as well as all the other coverage we do for the group of five conferences. Uh, so thanks again. Looking forward to the game this week. And you guys enjoy. Hello, Bosco's boys. This is Gregory Hauser, moderator of the official K-State Sports subreddit r slash Wabash Cannonball and member of 91.9 KSDB-FM, Kansas State University's student-run radio station. I'm here to give you all this week's K-State primer for the upcoming matchup against Conference USA opponent, the UTSA Roadrunners. The K-State Wildcats are off to an interesting start to the 2018 season as they now sit at 1-1. One one. Not a lot of injuries are holding down the Wildcats as of this week, as Mike McCoy is still listed on the injury report with his undisclosed injury and is out indefinitely. However, newcomer to the injury report is Isaiah Harris. He sat out Saturday against Mississippi State with an undisclosed injury and is questionable to return Saturday against UTSA. Last week, the Kansas State Wildcats were devastated at home by the Mississippi State Bulldogs as their size and talent was just too much for the seemingly slow KSU team. 
Kylan Hall ran the ball against the K-State Wildcats on 17 rushes for 211 yards with two rushing touchdowns, as well as one reception for 16 yards for a touchdown early in the fourth quarter, which was also made by the one, the only, Kylan Hall. Kansas State's only scoring plays came late in the first quarter and early in the third quarter, the first being a 26-yard field goal made by everyone's favorite kicker, Blake Lynch. The only touchdown by the Wildcats was the scoring play of the third, which came from a 23-yard connection made by Skylar Thompson to Dalton Schoen. The K-State Wildcats fell to the number 18 Mississippi State Bulldogs at home, 31-10. Looking back, the Cats' main advantage last week was keeping penalties down, unlike in the first game against South Dakota Coyotes. The biggest weakness by far is the Cats don't take advantage of time of possession. In the first half, K-State has held possession of the ball for six minutes more on average than their opponent. The Cats should use this to their advantage against UTSA and get up early and use the time of possession to their advantage the rest of the season. Two players that need to step up this week are Skylar Thompson on offense and Daquan Patton on defense. This game could be a great confidence booster for Skylar Thompson and his offense going forward into conference play. Skylar needs to establish himself this week as K-State's guy by making good choices on offense and playing with a scenario mindset, meaning that if you're ahead in the fourth, play the way you need to, such as chewing the clock or just knowing when to get rid of the football in orderly fashion. Just learn from your mistakes the last two weeks and manage the clock, then K-State will look like a new team going into conference play. On the defensive side of things, the linebacker core of Daquan Patton, Elijah Sullivan, and company need to recognize offensive sets more and watch for the run and maybe come out of come up out of coverage if needed. Mississippi State took advantage of the run game early, and the linebackers could use this matchup against UTSA to their advantage as they love to hand the ball to their senior running back, Jalen Rhodes. The linebackers can use this game to their advantage to learn to recognize different run packages. However, that can't happen unless they get a little help from their defensive coordinator, Blake Seiler, and maybe calling blitzes more often as conservative coverage plays seemed to kill the Wildcats last week against MSU on defense. If K-State plays clean football and uses their time wisely, this could be a good game for the Kansas State Wildcats to prepare for the Big 12 gauntlet and maybe change their identity going forward. On that note, I'm Gregory Hauser, moderator of the official K-State Sports subreddit r slash Wabash Cannonball and member of 91.9 KSDB-FM. This has been your Bosco Boys K-State Primer for this week's upcoming matchup against UTSA. Thanks again to Greg and Jared from UTSA. Now we're going to hop into the Ask Bosco questions. Scott, take us away. All right, uh, this comes from someone who's quickly become a uh, – Great bonehead and a great question asker. Literally K ask on Twitter, have these Power 5 non-conference games been helpful? Are we better up beating up on three cupcakes to start the season? Um, Just for reference, a few years ago, the Big 12 implemented the rule where you have to play a Power 5. Right. But John Curry began scheduling these before that was officially a rule. So, uh, all that being said... (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, we have a fly. We're getting terrorized by this fly. Oh, my gosh. That is Absolute hell. But, okay, uh, but all that being said, what are, <laughs> what are your thoughts on all that? Okay, I don't necessarily think we're better off playing three cupcakes to start the season. I think it's important to schedule power fives, and, yes, it doesn't matter because the rules. So, um, But, you know, looking at our record, it is pretty grim. Last five years we lost against North Dakota State, which is FCS, Vandy, which is very beatable, Stanford, they were good, but at the time, we weren't going to beat them. I think we play them later in the season. We beat them. They ended up being like 10 and yeah, 3, third they, in the Pac 12. Yeah, they ended up being a winnable game. Mediocre. And it was a game where we made stupid mistakes that, that probably cost us a chance at winning. We lost to Auburn, a winnable game. And now we lost to Mississippi State, which we were, re- we were never really in. So I think four out of those five games were winnable games, or maybe at worst, three out of the five. I don't know. It's it's really poor. The problem isn't playing power fives, and the problem is our inability to start a season with any semblance of an identity or you know proper preparation or the ability to execute our game plan until the second half of the season. And I think that's our main issue. Well, I so all of that being said, I actually do think the way Bill Snyder goes about things, we would be better off with three cupcakes. Granted, we even saw when we scheduled Vanderbilt last year, it can't even be Power 5 cupcakes. Yeah. has to be all cupcakes. You know, we, we played an FCS opponent, and we're getting UTSA, which, you know, for for better or worse, they are a cupcake this year. Um, I, I think that in a perfect world, you then pick up a MAC bottom feeder or, you know, a Mountain West bottom feel, feeder or whack or anything like that. So that way you're able to establish that identity because – you know, in the first game, it's like, oh, God, that was horrible. And then the second game, here we are having to play a team that is heads and shoulders better than us. And now UTSA, yeah, we should beat them. But I know fan excitement would be a lot different going into that West Virginia game if instead of Mississippi State you were playing, I don't even know, just generic team, you know, UTEP. Right. Or someone that we could have – you know, taking care UTEP of UTEP would be an interesting one. UTEP would be interesting. <laughs> Sadly, I don't see that game ever getting scheduled. Uh, but but I, I think it would be better because that way Bill Snyder doesn't have to attempt to game plan versus Mississippi State because as we saw it, you know, it didn't go well. Um, and then you're just literally having all your focus on Big 12 play. So I do think we would have been much better off. Again, rules have made it sort so of like a catch 22 here. Like, if you want to, you want to play the Power Five teams. If you want to think of yourself as this is going to be good for us, but we can't do it. We simply can't do it because. And well, then I, you want to do the you want to do the the three cupcakes because that gives us a chance. That's how we really did. Bill really did establish you know the the program. I mean, but I don't know if you're talking about if you're really comparing that. I mean, totally That's not different. the issue, I mean, it's, you know. <laughs> it's totally different how, why he scheduled the way he did the first time and why we might want it now. I mean, he was doing that to establish wins, to start going to bowl games, to start improving the record. So folks went look at K-State, you know, oh, two wins. You know, you could pick up, right. you know, back then four non-con games. All you had to do was win two of your, you know, at the time seven conference games. Um, now, you know, we're going going to be looking going into Big Twelve play, having to pick off at least four just to go to a bowl game. So I actually do think the way Bill Snyder is, we would have been much better off with three cupcakes. Um, but that's that's all I got there. Do you have anything else before we move to the next one? 
Um, no. Let's just get more. T- let's just recruit better. That's what I want. Okay, well, that's a great segue into <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Ortiz, Josh. Uh, based on what we've seen the first two games, our major issues recruiting, trying to compensate with the lack of Jimmys and Joes is me- messing with the X's and O's. Can this be addressed in Bill's last few years? I say definitively no. Yes, like, I want you to expand on that first before I an- answer my question. Okay, well, it's definitively no because – Fact of the matter, he has never shown that he can do it. Um, we we believe that a lot of the coaching staff infighting has at least roots into the recruiting philosophy Bill Snyder does. Um, I I'm not going to disclose everything because some of the stuff was told to us in confidence, so I'm I'm not going to say some of the stuff. But we do know for a fact that we're there are coaches who aren't being able to recruit the players they want. Yes. They're not being able to put the time in that they want. They're not even able to go into certain battles that they want to do. Um, And it's just sad. And I've gone through an exercise on the KSO boards when people are pointing out to some of this elite Kansas talent. People are talking about Corcoran uh, and Lawrence Freestay in the 2020 class, Kai at uh, Topeka High 2020 class. We've only grabbed three top three Kansas kids since Bill came back. Yeah. Think about that for a second. In our own backyard, we can't even pull one out of the top three guys every year. We haven't grabbed a top two Kansas kid since Tanner Wood. We haven't grabbed the number one Kansas recruit since 2004. There is a, some top-end talent at the top of these Kansas you know, rankings, you know, these aren't guys, the number one recruit isn't going to Colorado state. These guys are going to Notre Dame, Clemson, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, Miami. I would too. (laughs) But if you know, but I see what you're saying. You can't do it. Look, look at, you know, Mississippi state who for better or worse is, you know, what we need to strive to be every year. They're getting at least one of the top three kids in Mississippi. They're most of the time getting two of the top four. If we can do that just at K-State, that changes everything, let alone grabbing one of the top five on the Missouri side in the KC Metro, let alone getting back to the days where we could pull a highly recruited guy out of Florida or one out of Texas or get the best JUCOs. It's, it's not going to happen. It needs to. And at the end of the day, that is why we're in the position we are. Yeah, that's a really, really great point, and that – alone really answers this question um not only are we not only is it a definitive no that we're not going to change our recruiting philosophy i mean we're not going to go out and start getting those high caliber guys because we can't even do it in our own state so and i mean we've seen some things like andre offering those high caliber receivers recently but you know as long as bill's head coach i don't think we're going to change our philosophy um in the last few years of a 20 plus career um you know we've always been outmatched in terms of talent and, you know, it feels but, like now but more. Here's the, I, I, I agree with you when you look at recruiting talent, but we're getting to the point where every time where you see the other team run on the field, there's a noticeable difference. Yes, we've never been able to recruit with the likes of Oklahoma and that type of stuff, but the gap wasn't nearly as big because now when you go up against any team with any sort of real caliber, you just look across the field and you know that – something they're either going to have to mess up or we're going to have to have some sort of scheme that blows them out of the water to have a chance because it has gotten more and more 
defined the gap between the caliber of player yes. we're bringing in. Now more than ever, everyone is realizing that the gap is very wide between us and those premier teams. My fear is that when Bill goes, he's going to leave behind a super thin squad that is lacking talent severely than what you expect from a Power 5 team, and he's going to leave the next head coach in an absolute mess setting up yeah. for failure. And I, I'm going to say this right now, and don't take what I'm about to say as any sort of prediction. I don't think Bill Snyder's leaving, but if if for some if for some reason it came out, okay, Bill's this is Bill's last year, if I'm the new coach, if you have any sort of recruiting chops, the first thing you need to do when you get into town, because – if he does step down, it's not going to leave a lot of recruiting time, especially with the new early signing period. You're going to have to come in and basically, you know, spend every hour on the road and going to all the major high schools in Kansas and trying to bring in, you know. At the, the very least, lock down the state. Yeah, you're going to have to come in and you're going to have to try to pull something crazy. I don't think you're going to you know, get that quarterback, that number two quarterback in the nation who's going to, I think, Wisconsin. But you have to go in and you have to go to the St. Thomas Aquinas. You have to basically, any Power 5 caliber player, you have to put a full press from the second you show up until signing day because uh, that's the only way you're going to start rebuilding. And whoever comes in next, whether it be next year, whether it be five years from now, they're going to have an uphill battle, and I sure hope they have their recruiting chops and needs to start right at home. Oh, that's grim. That's, that's grim. I mean, it's true, though. I mean, I don't think that when Bill does step down, we're going to be in a great position to transition. No, it's not, and it's, and it's, it's going to be sad because everyone re- remembers it. His whole speech was, I'm coming in just to calm the waters. He should have left after 2012. 2012, he had an opportunity in 2014 as well. And I actually think that if he would have stepped down at the end of last year, you at least would have had a chance for a coach to, A, choose a quarterback to fit his style. You have offensive – like, you have a team that we all thought was relatively talented. Uh, so you at least have a foundation to recruit around. Instead of the second you come in, you have – 22 holes to fill instead of maybe seven uh but but it is what it is um you know hopefully we're wrong maybe something changes i don't foresee it but we'll move into the last ask bosco question of this episode coming from mike smith but all you loyal boneheads know he's super clever with his handle that is m-i-k-35 m-i-t-h i have a bone to pick with mike smith Uh uh-oh air it out real quick mike you tweeted me an ozark spoiler Oh, now, this Mike. is what you did, Mike. You, I didn't read it. I almost did. Mike. You put spoiler in per- I think it's Mike. I'm pretty sure it's Mike. But anyways, you put spoiler in parentheses in front of the tweet. I think you were replying to one of my tweets. I saw spoilers, and then I caught the second half of the tweet. So I kind of think I know what happened. Come on, man. Mike. You can't, even, if you, even if you preface a tweet with spoiler, I'm, I'm going to be able to read it. In Mike. Pre- it's all right. It's okay. I didn't see it. We still love you, but you know, Mike. Don't give any spoilers, guys, out there. Um, you know, respect respect especially, the viewer. Especially a show that, you know, the new season's only... Oh, there's a fly in your beer. Oh, Jesus. Extra protein, baby. Uh, at least the fly's dead. Um, For future reference, Mike, just tweet, just tweet me and say, how far are you? I will respond. Yes. And then we can talk about... Any detail that's gone out there, just DM me. Just DM me. Yeah, and also, folks, for a show that's only been 
out for like <laughs> a week. Don't ever think about it's. It's like a movie. You have to give it at least like two or three weeks before you start tweeting that you know Thanos snaps and half the world dies. Whoops. Yes, that's okay. You've given it, there's it's, plenty of time for been, that. Though. Yeah, it's been months. Uh, but the the final question from our guy Mike: What is the pivotal point to get this offense going? Is it coaching or is it up mm. to the players? Well, I wish I had the answer to that. Yeah, um, I, I I think honestly, I think it's both. It's a combination of both. Absolutely, I think it's you know new coordinators. God, we're getting just destroyed by these flies. One fly died, and they're coming to avenge their buddy. <laughs> I think it's new coordinators trying to find their way in the new roles. There's some some butting of heads on the coaching staff. It's you know the players maybe not being as good as we thought they were, as they thought we were, or we thought they were, and you know also just not being as sharp as we'd want them to be at this point in time. It's there's a lot. There's a lot we need to fix, and even after, let's say we come out and win 70-0, to zero, I'm not going to feel super confident after that. Yeah, I don't think I can add too much. I think it falls on, you know, both coaches and players' shoulders. Uh, I think there's schemes that can be improved, play calls that can be improved. Then at the end of the day, some of those guys just need to look themselves in the mirror and figure out if they're, how they're going to go out this season. I'd I mean, just like to see us kind of get back to the basics this week and – just at least play sound football, but well, I, mean, I don't know if we have the dudes this well, year. We're, we're gonna we're gonna find out quick. Um, speaking of getting back to the basics, it's time for our four keys to V. Uh, no guests this week, so Grant and I. <laughs> it'll truly be four to a piece, as always. Grant, start us off. What's the first key? I really struggled with finding two keys to V, but number one, I said let's score three offensive touchdowns. However it's done, this offense needs to find some sort of rhythm and some assurance in itself in this game, or it may never happen this year. Um, we've had two offensive touchdowns through two games, which is heinous. If we get, I'm saying, three offensive touchdowns, and this really isn't a key to victory, I think we're going to win, but it's just something I want to see to get us back on track somewhat. I sure hope, honestly, I hope it's more than three, but when you really look well, at it. Well, I said it, at least three. I know, but, I mean, you only have two. I know, it's really two bad. Two so far, it's, it was zero in the first half. It's really bad. I say three and get at least one in the first half. One of half. them was an absolute dime, though. Yeah, that, that, that a beautiful ball from pass. Sky, that was. Actually, both passes were phenomenal. That's true. Both touchdown passes were phenomenal. So, but let's, just, let's say at least three and at least one of those coming in the first half. Yes, let's score a touchdown in the first half. For the love of God. Okay, uh, that and if if we score one in the first half, I think that's going to be because my key to V gets Skylar in rhythm early. We talked about it in the post game pod. Let's start off. Let's first off, I love the bomb early, mm-hmm. but let's not go away from some of those quick swing passes that we saw. Uh, in those games, let's do a quick toss out to Barnes. Let's get both Warmack and Barnes on the field. Let's get creative. Let's get some high probability passes early. Let Skyler get in a rhythm, gain some confidence, and then let's let's see what the kid can do once he actually has a little confidence. I can't think of a game where he was allowed to get in rhythm early and just start rolling. I. I mean, I don't think there's been one, and I think the coaches need to do screens, do some stuff to get them going early, and uh, and not only that, but like that's 
the most successful we are when we are passing. It's those quick passes, those quick five five yard crosses. And we should be able to do it. They're always open versus ETSA. You know, versus a team like Mississippi State, those quick ones that's going to get you between five seven, top end ten yards. But versus UTSA, you get Warmack a little swing pass. He might take it to the house. You know, my dude. Little sl- slip screen to Swaggy Zuber. You know, let's let's just you know. Get them in a rhythm early and see what happens. So that's number two. Grant, give us number three. This one's pretty specific, but I want to reestablish the run defense at the defensive line position. You know, after being thoroughly handled by Mississippi State on the line, those D tackles were just getting bullied. I'd like to see our D line regain some pride and some confidence. Um, you know, we need to bounce back, get some swagger back. I think we will this this um, this week, but and I think it's going to be easier going forward considering. We're in a pass-heavy conference, so we're not going to get bullied like that in the run game again, probably maybe against Oklahoma, but I want to see that. lost the running back for the year, by the way. Well, next man up. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be fine. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I just want to see that defensive line reestablish themselves, especially at the tackle position. What's your fourth or second? Well, well it's total four. Um, it's just getting confidence team-wide you you said the defensive line mine truly is the entire team um they thoroughly got whipped basically at all aspects of the game uh last week utsa is a team that we can do this to um all respect to them but you know they actually you know they actually had a pretty salty team last year but they lost a lot of guys off that team they don't have a lot of dudes left their past defense has been scorched they have a front that we should be able to run on. It's they're not anything special on offense. We should be able to, you know, be successful on that side of the ball. So it's just gaining. Con- I mean, because if you can't gain the confidence in this game, I don't know when it's ever going to come. We'll be in serious trouble. What's the spread like? Twenty. Twenty-one and a half. Twenty-one and a half. And honestly, I'd bet all the tacos in San Antonio on UTSA to cover that. Where would you do that? Let me tell you, my bookie. Our game predictions are sponsored by MyBookie, and go ahead and visit them online. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E, and don't forget to use the promo code capital B-O-Y-S to receive your deposit match up to $1,000. The only downside to MyBookie is I don't think you can use tacos as currency on there. Man, that's a shame. It's an absolute shame. Yeah, I think tacos should probably be the currency. Drop the U.S. dollar. Tacos probably the most food that i eat like the most uh i, I eat tacos more than any other love different tacos. any other style of food they're uh, phenomenal yeah but we'll move on from that uh we'll review how we uh lined up uh grant last week went nine and two he's sitting at 16 and five the boneheads repped by brogan went nine and two sitting at 16 and five but yours truly went 10 and one uh and al- almost was 11 and zero because i almost picked those damn ku jayhawks uh, but I'm sitting at 7-4. I got a one-game lead. Uh, repping the boneheads this week are my parents, Kevin and Cinny. They sent in their picks. They're repping the boneheads. So if uh, you guys have any grievances with them, they're not really on Twitter. So good luck finding <laughs> them. Uh, but, yeah, that is who is repping the boneheads. I will be reading off their picks. Uh, we'll start with my parents, then we'll go to Grant, and then I'll finish it up. The very first game on the slate, we have – Oklahoma traveling to Jack Trice Stadium. Iowa State coming off a uh, hilarious, what was it, 13-3 to loss. Yeah. 
El Asico. It was they, six. It was like three to three for three quarters or yeah, something. Yeah, six to three late, and I think they might have even lost their quarterback. Um, but it's at Jack Trice, Trice Stadium, eleven a.m. Keep in mind, OU went into Norman and won. ISU last went year. into Norman. Yeah, what I said. Oh, you went into Norman. Oh, well, yes. Sorry. They did, technically. Yeah, technically. I would say one in Norman, uh, but my parents, they're going to start us off. They went with Oklahoma in that game. Boomer Sooner. That's a sweep. That is three for Oklahoma. The second game, because the college game day game is in uh, Arlington for the Ohio State TCU game, so there's two non-Big 12 games this week. And I just kind of went with a random one. Florida State has been struggling early. They're going to the Carrier Dome, Syracuse, who's been uh, putting up some points. My parents went with Florida State. God, Where I don't are know. You going? I don't know. I'm going with the Orange, I guess. I mean, I'm going to, when in doubt, pick the home team. Florida has been absolutely Florida State, pan- Florida State yep. has been pants so far this year. And I, I don't and think Syracuse is very good, but. I'm going with the home team, and I don't know. They'll put up some points. I'm going with Syracuse. I'm going with Syracuse also. I think I think Syracuse. I watched Florida State, and they were not good. Florida State is not so good. I don't know what's up with that. Willie Tiger because I actually thought they had a lot of talent on that team, but I'm also going Syracuse. I think Syracuse puts up close to 50 in that game. Um, all right, here it is. Rutgers at KU. I think as I say this, KU is a favorite over a Power 5 team. They're a three-point favorite. My mom, the former baby Jayhawk, you best believe she was going to make sure the Boneheads are picking KU this week. Are you going to do so as well? I'm going Rock Chalk. Wow, so we're sweeping with KU. I, I thought that might be a swing No, game. no, no. But all three of us are rocking with KU. That could bring I KU to I could very easily a, see KU losing that, though. Yes, but that could bring them to a 2-1 and one record, and they could be just a bonehead move by Beatty from being 3-0 and going <laughs> into the Baylor game. That's insane. But it is insane. We'll, we'll keep moving on. This game is in danger because there's a hurricane coming to the mid-Atlantic coast. Mm. It's currently slated for Saturday, 2.30 ESPNU at Carter-Finley Stadium. This is West Virginia at NC State, but stay tuned. Location might get moved. Time might get moved. Might get canceled. For West Virginia's sake, I hope it doesn't get canceled. They're looking like they might have a very special season. And the state of North Carolina just got back in stock with with, uh, couches after their burning (laughs) after the Tennessee game. Mom and dad are singing, Country Roads Take Me Home. Are you too? If this game was a night game, I would go with NC State but I'm because crazy things happen at night at Carter-Finley Stadium. But I'm going with West Virginia, Take Me Home, Country Roads. I think they're the real deal. They're really looking solid. To the place I belong. That's a sweep for West Virginia. We got the Boise State Broncos going to Boone Pickens Stadium. This is 2.30 ESPNU. Mom and Dad, they are going Oki State. This is a somewhat tough. I mean, Boise's solid, but when in doubt, pick the home team. I'm going Oki. That's a that another sweep. No, not another. Oh. Sweep. I am going Broncos. Big Twelve loses another marquee non-con game. All right, Oklahoma I'm going to get one back there. Oklahoma State not as good as everyone thinks. Um, now we got Duke going to McLean Stadium. This is 2:30 FS1. The parents are Big 12 homers. They went with Baylor this week. I also went with Baylor. All right, there's another one you might get back. I'm going with the Duke Blue Devils. (laughs) I'm not picking Baylor in any game that I can figure out a way not to pick them. I respect that. Another one. 
Houston is traveling to Lubbock, Texas, home of the Flying Tortillas, Jones AT&T Stadium. This is on Big Boy Fox 315. Cindy and Kevin, guns up. They're going with Ryan Gosling and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I think uh, I'm going Houston. They're going to go into Lubbock, and they're going to win. I think Texas Tech are very poor. I'm going with Houston. I think Texas Tech is very bad. Here's a big one for the conference. USC is going to DKR to take on Tom Herman, and the Texas is not back Longhorns. 7 p.m., Big Boy Fox. Like I said, Cindy and Kevin, Big 12 homers, they went with Texas. I almost was going to go to this game, but I I had to – shift some things around because of the tailgate. I was going to go and just oh. go to a neutral game and check out a big a big game, but I'm sorry. Uh, also, it was way too expensive. I was going to say, I'm sorry the boneheads are such a uh, hassle on you. They are. God, they just... Those damn boneheads tweeting me spoilers, all sorts of stuff. Just kidding, Mike. Um, I'm going USC. Trojans. I'm rolling with mom and dad. They know best. I'm saying horns up. Texas... Texas gets the win. It's a big one for the Big 12. Here's our uh, here's the big SEC game of the week. 2:30, CBS Jordan Hare Stadium. Go Tigers versus War Eagle, who are also the Tigers. Kind of weird. <laughs> LSU at Auburn. 2:30, CBS. Kevin and Cindy went with the home team Auburn. I also went with the home team. When in doubt, um, I think Auburn are. Pretty solid going with Auburn. I would love to see Coach O win this, but you have to go Auburn. I would, too. LSU is, like, one of my favorite lo- teams ever. I love Coach O. Go Tigers. <laughs> uh, and then the, the, this is the college game day game of the week. The Ohio State University. This is at Jerry's World in AT&T Stadium playing TCU, 7 p.m. under the lights. ABC. Grant, who do you have? I'm going to be a homer. I believe in the Frogs. I pick defense over offense. Get away from me, Fly. We're getting abused here. I'm going with TCU. I think Gary Patterson's a great coach. Is this the first game that Urban is back? Urban is not back. Urban is not back. He's I think, coaching practice, but I think he's not coaching the game. I think that Ohio State's looked very shaky defensively, and defense wins, I guess, championships, <laughs> not offense wins games. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. That's not a good uh, – that's not a good mantra to have for this pick, but I just believe in TCU. I believe in Gary. I picked the purple team. Kevin Sinney went with purple as well. They went with TCU, and so am I. We're we going for a full. I really hope that, that they one. win that. I do too. That would be massive for the Big 12. I I used to kind of like mm. Urban Meyer, not anymore. The guy can die. Be massive for uh, combating corruption yes, as well. Yes. So we got Gary Patterson, the faith of humanity's in his hands. Speaking of the faith of humanity – Brings us to K-State UTSA, Bill Snyder Family Stadium, 3 p.m. The Boneheads will be boozed up after a fun tailgate. You know what we should do for this? We should pick the spread. Well, we can put our we can put it out there. This is a pick em. Yeah, we'll do the pick em, but But we can I mean, put a score out there. My parents went K-State. I'm going K-State. I'm, going I'm saying, fighting Billy boys. I'm, I'm going to say that it ends up being 34 to... Mm, 20. Uh, Win by 14. Woof. I hope we split them open. I mean, so do I, but <laughs> I mean. Yeah, I have no evidence to back that. But that's uh, that's our pick em this week. Well, um, are you going to put a score out there? 
I'm not going to put a score out there. Oh, so I you mean, I guess. Do, you well, I was going to say, are we going to cover the spread? That would be me head to head here. I think I think we're going to cover. All right, we're going to cover. Okay. Here's what I got. We're going to go 38 to 10. No, 38 to 7. It's 21. 38 7. 21 and a half actually. 21 and so a half. Shit. <laughs> okay, 42 to 7. 42 to 7 cats. There it is. Uh we mentioned it. <laughs> Saturday's the big day. Come to spot 119. We're going to have some beer. There might be some leftover mimosas and screwdrivers from last week. I have so many. Mim- I have a lot, yes. Well, there's going to be plenty of leftover mimosa. Uh, so it, it's going to be a fun time. Everyone who bought a shirt, be sure to come. Hopefully pick it up. I believe they're supposed to arrive before the game. Um, it's going to be a fun time. Come chat with us. We'll have some koozies for sale. Three bucks. Keep those beers cool. Um, again, spot 119. We should be there right when gates open at 10 o'clock. Come by, have a couple drinks. We might have some special guests show up throughout the day. Uh, Pester Broganberry, get him to come by. Maybe KSO, Matt Hall, they might be out there. Who knows? Maybe uh, some past Wildcat greats might come by. Maybe. You never know. Who knows? I might have a handful of tickets too. So. Oh, yeah, stay tuned to Twitter. Grant might have some tickets to give away. Um, you know, again, spot 119 should be there by t- 10 a.m. Tell your friends. Come on out. We love you guys. East 119. We're going to get loose. Go Cats. Meet me at the Cathead. Sports Social Podcast Network.